so much. Thank you. And happy Black History Month. <laughs> this is Marketing Matters here on Business Radio Series XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, along with my co-host, Americus Reed. And we are thrilled to welcome our last guest for this hour, Michelle Peterson, who's the Chief Marketing Officer at Prest. Hello, Michelle. Welcome to the show. Hi, Barbara. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's delightful to have you here because I know you're doing something very interesting for Black History Month, which is different. But before we get to what you're doing, uh, tell us a little bit about Prest, how long it's been around, exactly what it what it does. And I have a feeling not everybody will have heard of your brand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Press has been around for a little over 10 years. We are a cold pressed juice and plant-based treats company. Um, we sell smoothies, juice, shots, acai bowls, soft serve, anything uh, to make your plant-based living easier. We were founded really to be a partner for consumers' vibrant life. And we do that by making plant-based living really accessible and convenient. So that's through our over a hundred retail stores. We also sell in wholesale and um, ship to also any door in the United States. So you can order our products through our e-com channel as well. So I've seen your product in wholesale, in supermarkets, things like that, but yes. I've never seen your store. So I, that's yes. just me, I'm sure, but maybe it's also where they're located. Are they in certain geographies? We have stores in about nine states and are expanding uh, that by the day. We were founded in California. So a lot of our stores are in Southern California, New York, Texas, and as I said, continuing to open markets. So they're not in Philadelphia yet, which is- <laughs> No, not yet, but they, they will be soon. Okay, so, um, and, and so your goal is to, um, it's plant-based, and the products are, I know there's juices and things like that. Are there other things besides that? Um, or is it juices primarily what it is? Juices, uh, smoothies, also in a bottle, like pre-made smoothies, uh, wellness shots. And then we also have a really popular plant-based soft serve and we sell smoothie Ooh. bowls as well. Oh, that sounds good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I happen to be vegan and it's like fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I love to work here, but I also love to go to the brand. Nice. Very nice. Could you tell us a little bit, uh, Michelle, just talk a little bit about, I want to step back and give our listeners a bit of context about the movement uh, of consumers getting interested in plant-based options uh, from a consumption, from a nutrition, from a health and wellness perspective. Can you just kind of take us through how that evolution has happened maybe uh, from a historical point of view and, and sort of just give us an understanding of, of how this industry has kind of evolved, if you will, from sort of the kind of product life cycle, you know, long-term mm -hmm. longitudinal perspective? Yes, it's fascinating because our founders really saw that opportunity when they founded Prest, they felt like plant-based and, and products that are nutrient dense weren't really accessible to people. They you know, grew up in LA, spent a lot of time in New York, and it felt like a much more premium based product. And yet they saw the benefit of it in their own lives. So they wanted to make it accessible to more people. That was at a time that plant-based was really early on. So they really had to establish the deliciousness of it, but also the benefits and the nutrients of it. We, we say broadly, it helps you live a more vibrant life, but there's mm -hmm. of course all sorts of 
you know, health benefits and sustainability benefits of mm-hmm. living a plant-based lifestyle. Mm-hmm. As, as you said, as the movement has moved on or, or has progressed, clearly it's more, it's even more accessible to consumers, which is music to our ears. And there's quite a variety of options now. I think in the early days, not with press, but with other products, you have to sacrifice taste. It was quite a sacrifice to be Mm plant-based. And now it's not. Mm -hmm. Our products are fantastic. And there are so many delicious products that are on the market. Mm -hmm. And I think that really has changed. You know, a lot of health trends go that direction, but it really has changed the movement and made it more accessible to people. And we don't we don't just appeal to and market to people who are 100% plant-based. That mm-hmm. I happen to be that, that's great if that's what you are, but we also think there's just an easy way to get more plants and fruit and veggies in your diet. And, mm-hmm. and if that is the way you incorporate it, that's also wonderful, wonderful and healthy too. So can I um, ask you for your third, I want you to prioritize on your 37, 30 second pitch because I want to know which is more important to you. So we talked to a while ago, Americas and I talked to the CMO from Impossible Foods and she was telling us that in her mind, um, the, the most important thing about Impossible Foods was the sustainability issue. She was, she was arguing the same way you are, that they taste good, that taste is good, but it wasn't necessarily, her product wasn't necessarily on yeah. health or on like calorie reduction or anything like that. She really was moving to a, um, a sustainability pitch. Um, and if you had a pick, 30 seconds, it's an elevator pitch kind of thing. Are you doing it on health or are you doing it on sustainability or just curious where you'd lie on that continuum? Yes, I mean, there those things are really interrelated. So, I mean, I'm sure as you hear from most people that's hard to choose, but I would say we're doing it for health because we believe Mm -hmm. that helps consumers and that living a more plant-based lifestyle helps them on their health journey, whether they're taking a small step or a big step. Mm -hmm. But but most of our consumers also really care about sustainability. So it's very hard to pull those two things apart. Okay, I made you choose and you chose. So <laughs> and I, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> so, you know, so now you have a message, you have a product, you pushed it like very strongly about it being delicious. I think that's a message you really want out there because a lot of healthy food people have thought. In fact, we have, we can show you academic research, which shows you when people hear healthy, they think it doesn't taste good. So your intuition on all of that is, you know, is clear and that you're really trying to get around that, which you said, but now it is Black History Month. And so here's an opportunity that people are kind of open to different kinds of pitches on that. So Given what Americas was saying, your history and your positioning and then that kind of stuff, how do you lean into Black History Month in a way that is authentic, but yes. does move to the message that you want to convey? You asked an important question because this brand is based in authenticity and so and purpose. And so everything that we do has to be grounded in that. I said earlier on, the brand was founded on making plant-based and making nutrition more accessible to more people. And so we've used that to really lean into Black History Month. We wanna raise the awareness on food accessibility. And we've done that with the help of the three Black female artists who we've partnered with. They also are really passionate about increasing food accessibility within their specific communities. 
And um, so we've worked with them on limited edition labels and limited edition tote bags, which are like almost sold out in many stores. And wait, what are those? Uh, I've seen the labels, but what did you say? Tote pad? I don't know what that tote is. Tote bags. Oh, also. tote bags. Yes, yeah. yes, that feature their art. Yes. And the, the exciting thing for us is we have all partnered on the proceeds from this event going and, and this, um, the labels and the tote bags going to purchasing community fridges, actually mm -hmm. in the markets where these artists are. So we're going to buy about 60 community fridges across the nation, and that will help further our mission of making nutritious food more accessible to more people. So let me bet, let me unpack some of that so I understand it. So you work with these three artists and they're black, but they're they're artists first, I think. And then maybe, um, and what you asked them to do was to produce labels for your bottles or your mm -hmm. juice and smoothie containers. And then you've taken that same art and put it on tote bags. So, um, when you put like art on a bottle, do you expect people to keep the bottle? I mean, I mean, just curious about how that all works because your bottles are beautiful. I mean, you have art mm -hmm. on it now. How does that work as a label? Like uh, I actually am teaching a visual marketing class and I'm teaching packaging. And the notion of putting like art on a bottle instead of a marketing message is an interesting idea. So what do you expect consumers to do with all of that? Yeah, our, our main objective is to raise awareness of the cause. So we hope that the vibrancy of that art causes them to purchase and maybe purchase more than they do before or purchase these juices over others so that we can then raise the money to further our cause. Mm -hmm. It also, you know, presses a lifestyle brand. So I also think it raises the premiumness and the awareness of press as a lifestyle brand when you're using or carrying around that bottle. And if they, if they want to save it and reuse it, that's great too and, and supports our sustainability mission. But yeah. really the idea is that that vibrancy attracts you to, to be on this mission with us. So do you, I mean, so there's other academic research. I don't remember exactly who did it, but like people like say with wine bottles, you know, people can't tell the difference in wine. So sometimes they'll pick the wine bottle by like cool bottles. Uh, um, right. I think, um, it could work like that too. It's just like, even if I don't exactly get what your message is and I'm looking around these different kinds of things, I see this one with a really pretty beautiful label that might be a motivation mm -hmm. to buy. I mean, or do you think about it that way at all? I do because this is all about the full experience, right? I mean, that's part of, I mean, that's part of marketing food, but it's also part of marketing food in a retail environment that the product is part of the experience as is the visual design, as is the experience you have when you walk in the door. I mean, that also impacts what you think about the brand and how great you think the product is. So just like we're an omni-channel environment, we also think about our marketing in terms of like a 360 environment for consumers, because all of that will affect what they think about the brand and ultimately, you know, how the product tastes and the role it plays in their life. So the, let me just uh, one other aspect of it. I'm looking at these yes. three artists, you know, one's from New York, one's from Dallas, one's from L.A. So I assume that maybe where your stores are like also. Yeah, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and they're obviously big cities and stuff. And then you made the decision. And I understand part of it is to raise money for the cause. So you're looking for other ways for people to help contribute. 
but it is an interesting decision. And we've talked to other marketers about this to go into tote bags because, you know, you make juice, you make smoothies, you make food. So, and I, I get why you're doing a tote bag because it's kind of a marketing, you know, now people will keep that. They, it's kind of an advertising play, but, but you're also, I assume, hoping they'll use that as a product. So it's kind of an interesting thing just in general, philosophically, that mm -hmm. marketers are now making products that they shouldn't quote unquote be making. You're a food pipe, you know, right. you make food. What are you doing uh, making a tote bag, you know? There's actually, so there's actually two reasons for it. One is that as we talked to the organizations that we were partnering with to purchase fridges, they said their biggest need, we thought for sure they would tell us their biggest need is food. And they actually said, no, stocking the fridges is not our biggest problem. It's purchasing and landing the fridges in communities. If you could help us with that, great. And then it's when people come up to the fridge, they don't have any way to take the food away. Oh, so, so if, yeah, so oh. if you could do, you know, tote bag, some sort of a bag, that would be helpful. So some of the bags were selling in store, but most of the bags were donating to the organization. So that's the first reason. For sure, the second reason is that it extends the impact of our brand. I mean, I, you know, um, hats are a big deal, shirts are a big deal. Like for brands that I love, if I can get that branded merch, since I'm living that lifestyle, it is important to me as a consumer and adds value. And this does, does as well. Um, we also are using it in our events. So for an artist, you can come in and have the artist autograph the tote bag for you. And that adds additional value for consumers. But you the know, the main reason is that it's was the utilitarian. So Americus, you know, as a brand identity theorist, this you know we've been talking about purpose brands and things like this. Here's an example, and I have been thinking about this in terms of packaging. Instead of packaging being marketing related with all these benefits and this and that, like they're putting art on the package, mm -hmm. um, and they're using the art to build the brand, and then it's the art that's on the tote bag, you know, and yet that art, since it matches the bottle, is also kind of a marketing play, but yeah. not mm -hmm. in your typical way. It's like building branding, building marketing through mm -hmm. art, which it's not like, it's not a huge leap, but you don't usually see yeah. marketing mm -hmm. brands do that. Do you have right. a reaction to that, Americus? In terms I of do. I mean, I love it because what I heard Michelle say, uh, and you sort of double clicked on this as well, Barbara, the notion of when you start talking about a lifestyle brand and when you're thinking about what you're doing as a lifestyle, that immediately kind of opens up this potential, right, of having more degrees of freedom to play across different modalities of what it is that you do and how your product can show up in that lifestyle. And so I love the, the point that you're making, Barbara, because you know, even for a lifestyle brand, you can kind of get more disparate with things that you're doing. But what Michelle and her colleagues are doing here are creating a, a more extensive extension of what they're doing. But there's they're also kind of creating at the same time reasons to have the connection to be able to, in my view, uh, create more of an opportunity to tell the stories around the object. So because things are so interconnected here in what Michelle's and her colleagues are doing, it's like the conversations that would go around when somebody stops you and says, hey, what's that, that bag you got there? You know, the story itself will be so much more connected and cohesive and tight in some ways, if, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like a smart way to kind of extend what you're doing 
make more engagement happen with consumers who are attracted to that lifestyle, but also be a point of curiosity and conversation driving uh, and, and that sort of word of mouth kind of thing. Uh, in addition, which also creates more life for the brand outside of just the moments that are made up of when you consume yeah. it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, so let me, I think that's right. So she, you're telling a story, it's provoking curiosity, it's connecting to lifestyle. Let me ask you something that I don't, I, I can't imagine this wasn't on purpose, but let me ask, because it's kind of an automatic reaction. If you, I've been looking at these, at these bottles that you chose. I see three. I don't know if there's only three designs or those. There are only three designs. Okay. So each artist put together three designs. Now, remember, this is plant-based. Um, now, and what we know about fruits and vegetables is that they're very colorful and mm-hmm. that a lot of your nutrition comes in by eating colorful fruits and vegetables. Like that's one of the things nutritionists tell you, eat a colorful diet. Now you look at the art that they chose and it's very vibrant and colorful. And so on an automatic level, it kind of adds to the story without pounding you overhead with the point. Mm -hmm. Was Mm -hmm. that on purpose? I'm guessing maybe. It definitely was. Our our purpose is to be consumers partners for their vibrant life. And one Mm -hmm. of the ways that comes to life in our brand is that you'll, you'll see on our other labels, our brand is very simple. It's black and white very humble and toned down because the vibrancy comes through the product. It comes through the produce, our farmers that are growing that produce and the product that's delivering for consumers. It doesn't come through, you know, a flashy pressed label. And that is a tenant of how we're bringing that vibrancy to consumers. So that's cool. That's very, I mean, like now that you're saying it, I see the word vibrancy is everywhere in, I'm reading all your stuff and it says vibrant <laughs> everywhere, but like it's, so it clearly was on purpose, but it yes. also just hits you over the head when you look at the labels because they are so colorful and so yes. beautiful. I um, mean, it's very interesting to connect that I mean, it goes back to what Americans was saying. It tells the story. You know, mm-hmm. the story is about this color, this vibrancy, this making your life better. And mm-hmm. you're doing it in a 360 way. And what I love about it as well, Barbara, to your point, is it ties in nicely to the notion of these particular artists and the diversity that, that they bring to the table in an effort to, to talk about this. You know, the vibrancy is to me is like a metaphor of diversity in addition mm-hmm. to being Absolutely. a signal of good nutrition. So it's like all of this stuff is so well tied together in the story, Really right? nice job, mm-hmm. Michelle. We're loving mm-hmm. it here. <laughs> Thank nice you. I mean, subtle way the, to do Black uh, History Month that's, that's authentic and to your message. <laughs> right, our artists did an amazing job. Tracy Chow is our lead design, designer, our creative director, and she just brought that to life in a way that fits with the brand and fits with the artists. And I'm proud of that team. They did an amazing job. It is. I think me and America's finally got it. So. thank you so much michelle for for joining us today and where can our listeners go to follow up on this campaign and everything else you're doing Uh, press.com has all the information okay well thank you very much 
Um, thank and thank you all. That's all we have time for today. We'd like to thank our audio engineer, Dan Simpkins and Chris Tooks, and our producer, Dana Cash. We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and we replay our show several times throughout the week. You can follow us on Twitter at SXM Marketing, and you can follow Business Radio at SXM Business for information about all our programming. Thank you all for listening today. We'll be back next week. Till then, this has been Marketing Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn, along with America's Reed, here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.